Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to the Realist Podcast in the Donia, the three Muslims featuring our very special guest, who might as well be part of the three Muslims now. We might as well change it to the four Muslims. Gabriel Al Ramani. Assalamu alaikum. So today we are joined for episode six of the Intimacy series. A lot of people have been waiting. We left them last episode with uh, you know, on a high. We kind of teased them. We we left them with foreplay. So today it's going to be a little bit more of uh, the actual intimacy, what goes down. I'm sure everyone that started episode one, this is the episode they've been waiting for. This is the moment that they've been waiting for. What do you have to say on her? I'm ready. Let's go. You ready? We don't, we don't have uh, the king of intimacy today. If you guys made it for the last episode, <laughs> he's uh, busy being intimate. But uh, we'll let Gabriel take over, bro. Assalamu alaikum, bro. <laughs> okay. Bismillah, alhamdulillah, salatu salam rasulillah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allahumma alimna ma yanfa'na wa anfa'na bima lamtana wa zidna ilman. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us beneficial knowledge. And indeed, intimacy is part of beneficial knowledge. The Prophet sallallahu he said to the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, he said that if you are intimate with your wife, Allah will give you reward, ajr. So they were shocked, right? You could probably expect their mindset was kind of like, what we find sometimes in some of the Muslims today where like, you know, they would think that in faith and the, the, the sphere of religion or faith, right, that these things wouldn't be discussed. So the Prophet responded to them. And he said, would you not be punished by Allah if you were to do it in haram or in the wrong way? I.e. zina and so on. They said, yes, Ya Rasulullah, of course, O Messenger of Allah. So he said, that's why Allah, when you do it in the right way, or in halal, you get you get basically rewarded by it, okay? So imagine, I mean, you could say, I don't want to be so logical here, but you could say more intimacy, more reward, isn't it, right? So that's something that we have to keep in mind. And the Prophet ﷺ, he did say in a very famous hadith that I will be proud of my ummah because of their numbers on the Day of Judgment. Okay, because they're numbers. I mean, you don't get numbers by doing nothing. I mean, numbers Wait. means procreation, right? Like oh, you have to. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you have to be intimate, and you cannot be intimate unless you are intimate. Of and, I think last time we talked, right? The woman. Subhanallah, it's quite shocking that a lot of men and many many women do not understand their body and the way their body works. So a woman will release an usually one egg. Some women release two eggs. Per month, okay, one. And that egg has about 24 hours to 48 hours to be basically, uh, uh, to, to basically. Uh, to the walls. Uh, yeah, exactly. And to be fertilized by fertilized. the sperm. Okay. Yeah. Now, what happens is, so it's basically talking about one to two days. Add about three days if you've been intimate and sperm will live within the uh, female so sperm will be there active for about three days. So technically speaking, a woman could get pregnant only about five days in 30 days. Okay, or out of 30 days. That's it. And most people don't sit around calculating when you're the most fertile. I mean, now they have these applications and whatnot. But in general, I mean, you know, you're not going to calculate, right? So... To increase the chance of 
you know, having children, you know, fulfilling the hadith of the Prophet it means you really have to be busy pretty much, you know, every day. And sometimes a few times a day. Now, I know some people get shocked and whatnot, but let us look at the evidence and try to understand this issue. I did quote the other time that the Prophet sometimes would, would, would visit his wives in one night. And at one point, the Prophet had nine or 11 wives at the same time. Okay, so that means that was pretty intense, mashallah, you know, uh, uh, you know timing. And uh, the Sahaba report that Prophet had the strength of tens of men, like almost like up to 100 men, subhanAllah, like the sexual strength and the strength, right? So the Prophet was, if, if anyone was alpha, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, khayru khalqillah, the best creation of Allah, he was the man. If there was any man out there, he was the man, all right? No ifs, ands, and buts about it. So it, it's important, why are we discussing these issues? I think, and we want to give disclaimers. If you're not comfortable with this discussion and what we're talking, I think, what is it, Fahad? They just turn off or what? Just go somewhere their else? Kids, they should turn off. I just also wanted to slip something in that um, Surah An-Nisa was not revealed at the time, I believe, that he had 11 wives because, again, a lot of people are like, how did he have 11 wives if you could only have four? Guys, the Quran wasn't revealed at once, right? It came in, you know, different yeah, times. But anyway, that ruling is for the believers. As Allah says in the Quran, the Prophet right. ﷺ, actually was exempted from that and mm. Allah says so there's no kharaj or there's no difficulty upon you so the Prophet was he had specific things that he was supposed to do such as he would pray qiyam every night this was fard upon him as some of the scholars say for us it's not but it's Ooh. must for him he would fast also 24 hours continuously he wouldn't break his fast that's not allowed for us we have to break our fast so there's certain specific things that were allowed and actually imposed upon the Prophet ﷺ that are not upon um, us. For example, we live inheritance, he doesn't, right? Stuff like that. There's certain things that only apply to him <laughs> and don't apply to us. So, yeah, alhamdulillah. So, I guess uh, the disclaimer is that definitely some people might not feel comfortable with this. Uh, you say kids, Fayad, but some adults also, sometimes they feel like, you know, I don't want to listen to this. This is too bad or whatever. We try not to be vulgar. We're trying to mm -hmm. be quite academic and give our evidence for whatever we say. But today, I think, because we're going to get into the issue of oral sex, that's where we left off last time. Mm -hmm. We talked about oral sex and we're going to get in a little bit into positions and all that. And um, obviously, if people are not comfortable and they don't want to, they want to just kind of be ignorant about this, that's fine. As a uh, positive Islamic psychology counselor and having been practicing for the past 17 years in counseling, I could say that most of mm. the problems that it come when it comes to marriage, I think I've said this many times, is a number one, incompatibility from a religious point of view, right? Like people are just not compatible. Uh, intimacy, okay, the issue of intimacy and being incompatible when it comes to intimacy and um, communication, other than that, like finances, disagreements, family, work, this, that, all those things can be solved. Uh, if, let's say, even, let's say, we would expect that two people are compatible in, in Islam, right? So they get married, and they both are practicing, alhamdulillah. So let's put that on the side, let's say, for the sake of argument. If you have good intimacy and good communication, I believe personally, based on, the clients that I deal with in the cases, 
that you can pretty much solve any problem. You can pretty much go through your life and deal with any challenges. But if you don't have good intimacy and good communication, I think then the marriage is pretty much bound to fail or people stay in the marriage for the sake of A, B, C, D, E, but they suffer. They actually suffer. And many times they end up um, destroying each other's lives and just being very toxic for each other just for to keep up appearances within the family or the culture and so on and so forth. So honestly, I really love coming on your podcast because it's, it is the, the realest podcast in the dunya. No? It's like we're talking about like real stuff and it's as polite as possible, but we're not shying away. And we're trying to educate the people with the objective of hopefully, inshallah, some of the knowledge that they get from this, it can save their marriage. Why not? You know, why not? And, and honestly, bro, I've had a lot of messages coming through and saying, you know, alhamdulillah, that the things that you guys have been saying, it's really helping and it's changed my life. It's changed my marriage. And a lot of times it is sisters who are, you know, sending these messages and saying, you know what? First, we hated what you guys were saying or we didn't like this, blah, blah, blah. But after listening for some time and introspecting and analyzing what's going on in our lives, you know, it's right. So hopefully this will be beneficial. Yeah, so anyone that's a kid, anyone that's a little sensitive about these topics, anyone that doesn't want to have a good sex life, please just get off the video right now. <laughs> you do realize you could just leave a, uh, a disclaimer like right before the video. No, I, like to, I like to engage right. with the audience. I think you guys do put the disclaimer there on, right? Sometimes, sometimes. Tamam, tamam. Okay, so last time we said um, we were building towards the actual intimacy act, what happens, you know, on the night, some of the mistakes, some of the, you know, people rushing into things. And we talked a lot about uh, foreplay and how important foreplay is. Now, when it comes to foreplay, we said that there's, there should be a rule that's established and it's either a ratio, it's either two to one or three to one. Uh, for the you know the woman to climax before the man, and we said that even I think it was Rami that said it right. I mean, he's not here, but he said if the woman can climax before you actually penetrate or engage in intercourse, that is a great achievement because it reduces a lot of the pressure. So guys have performance anxiety and pressure. So we have two problems: if you are overly stimulated, you will ejaculate very fast, and that is called premature ejaculation. Sometimes it can be POI or porn-induced, PIO, sorry, porn-induced premature ejaculation. Uh, and it can also be uh, erectile dysfunction or what's called performance anxiety. So I think one is easier than the other one. The, the, uh, the premature ejaculation is easier to deal with than not being able to be erect or having, you know, erectile dysfunction. Um, so definitely there's a lot of stress because we're the performance. We're the ones that have to actually deliver. We're the ones that have to be erect. We're the ones that have to do the work pretty much. So definitely if we're not, if we're not up to it, then it's going to be a problem. And this is where you again see that the man is Men are the providers. And I've always said that that provider of not only food and clothes, and but you know also passion, love, mercy, uh, and yes, uh, pleasure as well. 
I mean, you are a provider of pleasure, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's important for that to be understood. And men should take that as a, as an honor and as a responsibility. Like if you please your woman, you should be like happy with yourself and it should, it increases your, your, your confidence. You know what I mean? And if you don't, what I've seen in some of my clients that report that they really have low self-esteem and it just snowballs and they just kind of crawl up into this like little ball and they just get so embarrassed and they don't want to talk and they just move apart from their wife and they don't want to discuss it because it's embarrassing. So it's very simple, inshallah. The men can engage in foreplay with a mindset that this is what I'm doing. Now let it, obviously the first night is gonna be a bit more calculated uh, because if you just let things go, you might go as well very fast. So you have to be a bit uh, careful with that, but don't sit there and calculate, okay, number one, number two, like have a list of what you're gonna do, you know, cause it's gonna be very unnatural. And let it be quite organic, but at the same time, be mindful of yourself and of your body, how your body reacts. If you're getting a bit too aroused, slow down, take it easy, take a breath and relax, right? Because if you're not, then obviously you might uh, finish the work before the work even starts. So, 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 so um, it's important to, to have the woman climax before you. And we talked about how you can do that. You know, women love kissing, talking, using different words. You know, we called it, you know, dirty talking, but, you know, we have to be careful with that as well. But, you know, dirty talking and, you know, uh, stimulation of the, of the genitalia, of the vagina. And problem is a lot of men also don't know the biology of the woman. I'm not sure if they didn't go through anatomy class or whatever, but they don't know the biology of the woman. And the biology of the woman is very advanced, okay? She has a lot of pleasure points, yet they are, you know, specific. And you need to know exactly where to touch. So a lot of men have no clue where the woman's pleasure points are. Hence, he cannot stimulate her properly. He thinks he's doing it, but he's not. And so, you know, the, the clitoris is a very important and very sensitive part, and it is a super center of pleasure most women report if you look at the statistics to orgasm clitorally or only from the from the clitoris okay a lot of guys don't know that so if that is stimulated and the person knows exactly where it is and how to touch it then of course the woman will be led to orgasm quite quickly actually it goes quite fast and once she's achieved orgasm and she has climaxed then obviously she has a certain respect for you because you've done the job, you know what I mean? But also the pressure is lifted off the guy. Like he's now, oh, I've done my job. Now I can relax. Now you can move on towards intercourse. Another good thing, as we said the last time, that women are in general multi-orgasmic. So they oscillate within the orgasmic uh, uh, plate and they're still in the zone even after one orgasm. And the moisture is quite intense when she's orgasm. So now actually, subhanAllah, like intercourse is much easier once she has, uh, you know, once she is more moist and there's that, you know, uh, a discharge that comes Woods. out. Yeah. So mm. now it's easier. <laughs> what did you say? 
I said fluids, bro. Fluids, yeah, fluids. She's right. screaming, yeah. She's yeah, exactly. So uh, fluids, <laughs> and it's easier to penetrate once uh, the fluids come out. And because what happens is if a fee- see that's that's how you know whether a female is kind of turned on or not, or if she's ready or not. The moisture, like the man, he usually gets erect if he's ready. The woman gets moist as well as the clitoris gets very hard. And uh, the nipples of the breast, they get hard. Those are some Cl- of the clitoris signs. Clitoris actually for... increases in size too. Yes, it increases in size because what happens, the clitoris is pretty much, a lot of people don't know that, but it's the same material as the penis. Okay. It's pretty much, okay. So it's like, you could say like a small, you know. Why are you laughing on her? Like, yeah. So, so, bro, I'm so literally increase... studying in embryology. Like everyone's no, I know this. Clit. I know this. The clit of the male projects into a penis exactly that that's yeah. when the dif- differentiation of the gender happens right so yes exactly so basically yeah the blood flows through that uh, to that area and that's why it increases in size and and, and it becomes hard uh, same like for the male right so now it's you know it's ready for basically intercourse but what i'm trying to say again the pressure is off the guy okay the pressure is off the man now uh, he can, you know, take it easy. Even psychologically, he's going to feel confident. It's like you scored, you know, and like when you score a goal, right, in a, in a match, you feel more confident, feel more excited in a good sense. So he's going to be able to relax better and, inshallah, enjoy intimacy uh, even uh, better. Um, before, obviously, entering there's another point that we said we're going to discuss, and that is that of oral sex. Now, I know that we've kind of focused a lot on the men, right, of what the men's supposed to do. So women also have a part to play here. But because they're the receiver, I mean, you can say that in general for a beginner guy, if the woman doesn't know too much, she doesn't really need to know that much. For a more advanced male who has some requirements now and has had some experience, then he can start assessing whether a woman knows what she's doing or doesn't. And that can make the difference, no doubt. But in general, for a virgin or a beginner, um, he's pretty much okay with, you know, whatever he gets. The woman is there as a, re- a recipient of, you know, intercourse, and he's going to be quite, um, quite satisfied. So oral sex. Now, the issue of oral sex is something that's been debated among the scholars, and there is no clear-cut proof to say haram or halal. Let's go. Okay. So, so uh, that's where you have to take in the, the, the approach but the Prophet ﷺ mentioned one thing only that was impermissible when it comes to intercourse. Okay? And that is anal intercourse. Okay? Via the anus. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet ﷺ told us that Allah will not look on a man who approaches his woman in the, okay, in the anus. All right. <clears throat> so based on that, for example, the scholars. Bro, so I'm just gonna pause you real quick. We had a Patreon yeah. question who asked the same question. Mm-hmm. He he asked, "What about putting other stuff in there?" Okay, well, we'll uh, we can address that, inshallah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so um, so the Shafis, they you know they have uh, you know the ruling on this. You know, many of them say it is permissible. I remember uh, you know one of my teachers saying that he was in a in a meeting with some of the sheikhs and one of the students of knowledge asked kind of like, 
in a shy way, uh, excuse me, my uncle, you know, he was uh, Egyptian, Sheikh. Uh, he said, can we like, you know, lick it? Like, is it permissible? So the Sheikh, he said in a very oh, strong... Yeah, yeah. You said lick, lick the booty hole? Ew. No, no, no. Lick the clit. Lick oh, the, okay. 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 Oh, Not okay. the booty. <laughs> all, right, all right, go ahead. I'm still, I'm still on yeah, the topic bro, of... We, all right. There's a disconnect. Yeah. Right? <laughs> okay. So I guess the scholar, he said in a very strong Arabic term, he says, eat it, my son. Eat it. <laughs> yeah. He said, don't lick it. He said, eat it. But it was like, uh, it was like, kind of like, like eat my son eat you know so and he was in like in a gathering you know but okay so putting all jokes aside i know some people might get upset because of this but yes um oral sex is allowed according to many of the scholars they give the reasoning that the prophet specified anal sex not being allowed and if he specified something he would have specified other stuff as well all right um, however, that was not specified. And by default, yes, the Arabs did have knowledge of this because I don't want to say which Sahaba, maybe some, I don't know, maybe I can say, I mean, Abu Bakr, when, when someone came to him and it was, uh, they were just uh, having some, I think it was a treaty of Hudaybiyah. And uh, one of the, the non-Muslims came to him and he was a bit arrogant so he basically said to him, uh, go and suck on Allah's clit, right? So it was like he kind of insulted him, right? So you can tell that the Arabs had knowledge of, of oral sex and what it was and so on, right? Uh, and that is something that, is, that needs to be understood. Some people say, no, this was foreign. This is something that the Westerners inv invented and so on. It's not. Uh, oral sex is something important, I believe, uh, based on what the scholars that I spoke to and I asked and discussed, some say it's not. I believe it's more from a cultural, uh, you know, uh, holding back. Mm. But what needs to be understood, again, in terms of the reality of the 21st centuries, if something is not haram and you are making upon yourself haram, okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Tahrim to the Prophet Sassim, why do you make something haram upon yourself that Allah has made halal? So by default, what we need to understand, the Sharia says a few things. By default, acts of worship are all haram unless given an evidence. Okay, so you cannot pray five rakahs for Maghrib or you cannot do a, like a head spin or windmill break dancing move and make dhikr you know and say that this is worship because there's no evidence for that but the opposite is in muamalat and dealings with people including sex that everything is halal unless proven haram okay this is the qaida this is the rule in sharia it needs to be understood because a lot of people out of their own goodwill like they're trying to be you know, clean and nice and religious and so on, but they're going to make things that are permissible or in the least sense, mubah, which are not specified, just, you know, just there, uh, permissible. They're going to make themselves on the haram. What happens in the context of our discussion? Many women report that they've never orgasmed, man. Okay, I just received a question yesterday and basically was saying, and yes, these questions come in. You have to understand, bro, the ummah, 
is in dire need for someone to answer these questions. And scholars have answered some of these questions, but I'm not sure why we're having this holier than the Prophet Sallallahu syndrome in the West where we're surrounded by a hyper-sexualized society, yet the Muslims are trying to, I don't know, it's like we never think about these things. We do. It's, it's inside of our minds every single day and the Ummah is wondering. And so the question was that when I masturbate, I can orgasm, but when I have sex with my husband, I cannot. All right. So it's quite alarming because what happens? Why does a woman, you know, is able to do that? Because when she masturbates, she stimulates her own uh, clitoris and genitalia. And she knows exactly there's a connect between, you know, when, like, if I ask you scratch my back, and I'm like, no, no, not there. Like here, uh, uh, you know, there. Because I know exactly where it's itching and you're trying to get it, you know, because you're not connected to, you know, to me. But for me, if I'm, I'm going to know exactly where to scratch myself because there's a connection, there's a link between my brain and the stimuli that's coming. Specifically, I can touch exactly where I want to. So indeed, a woman will know exactly where to touch herself and how, and there's a connection between the feeling and to increase the intensity or lower it or whatever. So definitely she knows how to pleasure herself. Not to mention that many women, of course, and men, but specifically here we're talking about women, do grow up masturbating and so on. This is just the reality, man. As much as people want to deny it, this is just the reality. Um, there was a study that I looked at recently and they're trying to find some differences in people who masturbate pornography and don't. And they said, we couldn't find, like, there's no, like, there's people, everyone's watching it now. Like, there's no, it's very difficult to find statistics to make a differentiation. So if oral sex is not understood, so yes, then women will go unsatisfied. If women go unsatisfied, then there's a problem. Because if you understand the biology, psychology of the woman, it's quite different than that of the men. It's like, a, it's like a, it's very, very difficult for a woman when she's not pleased. A guy also, he has an interesting um, manifestation of not being pleased. But for a woman, you know, you can almost see when, the, when you're dealing with females in a workplace or outside, if she's not being satisfied, if she's got like issues, if it's stuck pretty much, you know, like she'll just, you'll feel it. You such feel a simple it two fix too, bro. Yeah. The, these are two things you're going to see when she is uh, PMSing, okay? And you're going to feel when she hasn't been pleased. Mm -hmm. Like, she's going she's gonna to let it out on you, you know what I mean? So you better watch out. Not everyone. I know, sisters, you're not like that. I know you're the exception. But, <laughs> yeah, a lot of women will <laughs> do that. And it is important to understand. So if the woman can climax herself... And it's very problematic if she's married and does that. And yes, many women report that they have sex. And once intimacy is done between her and her husband, the husband kind of rolls around to the other side and says, oh, honey, that was great. Was that good for you? Okay, yes, it was good. And she'll go to the bathroom and finish herself because he did not finish her. Okay, she did not have. And that's quite shameful. And if a man doesn't know, and we're going to talk also about faking orgasm, if a man doesn't know, that is whether his, his wife climax or not it's, it's another problem it's another shame i would say you should be able to understand whether your wife climaxes or not you should care you don't love that woman you have no passion for her 
You don't care about her, her well-being if you don't know and don't care to know whether she's being pleased or not. Okay, so women will please themselves. Okay, they'll go to the bathroom. Uh, one of the sisters said that I just roll around and he's already asleep and I just finish myself because I'm going to go crazy tomorrow. When I go out, I'm going to take it on my children. I'm going to start beating them. I'm going to have super stress on myself because it's a bunch of hormones that are boiling inside of me. Release orgasm for a woman is a reset. It's a reset button. Okay, the more orgasms, the more reset. It's like clearing out the cache on a computer or on a phone. You know what I mean? It's not going to function properly unless you clear the cache. Okay, you got to clear that cache, man. You got to clear the storage. You got to clear, you know, to release the memory so that the computer works optimally. If so, mm -hmm. she said, I'm going to, I'm going to take it on my kids. Tomorrow I'm going to be like super psycho. You know, it's going to be felt and I need to release myself. Not to mention that, of course, subhanAllah. Uh, the way the society is targeting females to destroy them with the amount of toys that they provided for them. So many women are using vibrators and all kinds of, you know, dildos and all these things, you know, and if you look at some of the stuff, it's like crazy, man. Like what have these people been thinking about? Right? So if a woman starts using these things and have super vibration with different speeds and different powers and all that, <laughs> of course, she's going to get used to this. Super sizes, you can take it in all different sizes if you want, you know what I mean? Plugs and this and that. Then, of course, she will condition herself to react to that. And her husband, Miss Kenya, you know, who knows what's going on there, he's not going to be able to please her. He's not going to be able to please her. So... I don't know. What do you guys think about that? Like, I'm, I think, I need, guys, I need to take T3M a merch coming soon. We're going to have t-shirts saying clear the cash. <laughs> we have to because these brothers, just, clear the no cash. matter how many yeah. reminders, they just don't get the message, bro. Yeah. And you know, and then they, yeah, go ahead. Anger. I know. Well, I was going to, I was going to say that uh, women need to clear the cash, but men need to clear the cash like multiple times a day. Multiple times. That's mm -hmm. true. That is true. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. No doubt about it. But subhanAllah, so that's where oral sex is very important because if the guy knows how to do it and he knows where to touch and how it is, then of course uh, he'll be able to please her and he'll be able to make her orgasm. Then again, as I said, they can go into intercourse and maybe give her another orgasm or two. And man, you can see the respect and the difference in behavior total total difference in behavior man you know what i mean so you know guys come and say i don't know why my wife don't respect me i don't know why she's being you know mean to me uh, you know i don't know like her period already passed and i don't understand what's wrong with her <laughs> i'm like bro come on man like did you please her did you do you know do things that you're supposed to do well i don't know like yeah i think so i'm like you think so? Or do you know yeah, so? You think so? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, well, I, I, you know, she says it's good. <laughs> she says She's always going to say it's good, bro. <laughs> Women in general, they won't tell you that it's not good because they don't want to hurt you. They don't want to lose you. They don't want to many things, right? So they kind of take the low end of the, you know, the stick and they just kind of go with it. Mm. And as I said, some will be satisfying themselves. And it's, it's sad. This is another sad. thing with the LGBT and the feminism. They think men and women are equal. Nah, women are more agreeable by nature. Men are more disagreeable. 
This is also why statistically men go further in careers. But again, that's a different story. The whole point I'm trying to bring it home is men are more disagreeable. There's nothing wrong with that. But because of that, women usually don't call things out just to make the marriage work, just to not cause turmoil. And it's not her fault. Usually, guys, if your woman's not sexually satisfied, it's your fault. 100%. It's not the woman's fault. Unless she's just 100% like intersex, not intersex. What is that? Uh, asexual like asexual, she just doesn't even have yeah. a drive that's a mm-hmm. that's an anomaly right it is yeah yeah i mean women are subhanallah if you think about it okay the amount of pleasure points that they have uh is just amazing you know what i mean it's amazing like if you study the anatomy of the woman mm-hmm. she can orgasm from just her mind man <laughs> just from here you know just, just talk to her in a certain way and just touch a little bit and she like, you know, she's done. You know what I mean? Uh, of course, the clitoris, the, the labia, the vagina, the G-spot, the internal, cervical orgasm, subhanAllah, super orgasm, multiple orgasm, uh, the nipples, just kissing and touching different positions. I mean, the guy is like, one pretty much pretty much there's a little bit of variation we can discuss that uh, not men are not that simplistic but compared to women right women have i would say an advantage when it comes to sex you know what i mean like imagine some women can have five six up to ten orgasms in one sitting man it's not a joke some people think no it doesn't happen you're watching no Look at the studies. Look at the science behind it, right? So it is amazing. She's basically like a pleasure, you know, uh, house. And there's there's a reason for that, you know? And she's happy, man. That's where, if she's happy, trust me, that's where, in general, the marriage will be, Allah, will be happy. Allah thought about everything perfectly, bro. You're right. Because if it wasn't pleasing for a woman, they would, there would be no incentive to have sex. And then the, exactly. there would be no ummah. There would be no, be no next um, generation. Uh, and subhanAllah, the Prophet Sallallahu he, he described the woman uh, that is pleasing to a man. And he said the one that is fertile and loving. But the words that are used is like, and she's intimate. You know what I mean? She's a, a, a woman who procreates and who's intimate and who's fertile. You know what I mean? So definitely that's attractive to men, especially, right? If a woman is in pleasure or is pleased, that actually attracts a man. You know what I mean? When a man feels that, man, I can please my wife and she's pleased and she's attracted to me and she wants it. Like it makes you feel like, whoa, you know, wow, it's like really, really good. It gives you confidence and strength and you want to do it more as well. So you're kind of like stimulating each other, right? As opposed to, sorry, like having intimacy every two weeks, as some people report, every month or you know, I've had a client recently, like in two years, they haven't had intimacy. You know what I mean? It's, it's quite sad, right? It's quite sad. And then they ask, they wonder, I don't know why there's this pressure amongst us and these fights and these arguments and so on. Well, because you're not able to come together and to be intimate, to love each other, to share these emotions and these beautiful moments. So that is extremely important. So, Yes, I think the men need to be taught a little bit of anatomy and they need to understand what is oral sex. Uh, I know guys usually like to receive it because it's something, you know, they really feels like it gives them 
you know, domination and it's like, you know, something big for men when it comes to oral sex. And yes, indeed, a lot of women maybe also don't know how to do that. Uh, and it's, but, but I don't think it's that important for men. I think for the men, it's just a psychological thing. Like they just like to see it and to receive it, but it's not necessarily the most satisfying thing. I think for men, it's more of the intercourse that matters, right? They want actual, you know, intercourse. But for the woman, as I said, because most women are only able to climax a clitoral orgasm, that is very important for the guy to be able to understand how to do it and how to please his wife uh, that way. And as I said, there's multiple things. Like, alhamdulillah, Allah has given us hands so we can use the hands. You know, the woman likes to be touched. Like, it's just don't just put your mouth there and just, you know, think you're... No, you have to use, you know, many things. Um, it can be fingering at the same time while, you know, doing oral sex and stimulation, which helps the woman, um, you know, to come or to climax even better. The woman has an internal part that is uh, a rough part and it's a projection, small projection. It's about two inches inside the vagina towards the pubic bone, right? And that is the... Uh, the uh, G-spot, what's called the G-spot. And basically the man just has to stimulate it kind of like in a come here, uh, you know, movement, right? Like kind of like using your finger, just saying, come here. Um, oh, and that so basic, cool. yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, come here and it is come here. And basically it's just about two inches inside. Now for those men who have, I do receive a lot of questions about like size, you know, the size matter and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all these, a lot of guys, you know, will like send me, I'm this much or I'm that much. Is that good? I'm about to get married. I'm just like, okay. There well, is you're not, a. You're not going to rate sizes. We got five minutes in this episode left, but uh, is one inch enough? What is your photo on no, that? No. It has to be at least, <laughs> has, has to be at least three inches. You know, micro penis is actually a medical condition. It is a medical condition. That's yes, male luck. Is. Help yeah, but but now now there now there are uh, there are uh, surgical interventions. Subhanallah, you know, women can have breast implants. They can have reduction of the labia. They can have this. They can have uh, you know uh, a circumcision of the clitoris. They can have so many things. But now for men, finally, they're coming up with some. There's a surgery that women can procedures. have. I forget if it was for the labia or hymen. Yes, but if it's loose, they can basically get it tighter. They can tighten. Yes, indeed, they can. Yes. Bro, this is the gel, bro. So the women can, uh, they have some, you know, all, all kinds of options. Uh, men are still, you know, suffering. But mm -hmm. uh, so, so going back to that, yeah, the, so to the size and all that. I, for the woman, uh, what men need to understand, in general, the average penis size around the world is about 5.5 inches, okay? Or five inches erect, Okay. That's the average, okay? Anything above that is above average. So if anyone's six, 6.5, seven, whatever, this is, okay, the, is above the average. You go into the uh, 90th percentile and so on. But, um, so, but if you understand the, the anatomy of the woman, I mean, men need to relax. Sometimes they get very, you know, worried about their size and this and that. And for the woman, when it comes to the size, it's more here. You know, like it's, it's an issue of the psychology that a man, you know, like having muscles, having broad shoulders, a man being bigger. It's something that is, 
aesthetically and psychologically pleasing for a woman when her husband is has a a strong masculine frame what we call and part of a strong masculine frame of course it is his uh his penis right that he should basically uh, be strong with that but it's as i said it's more in the mind now a lot of men don't know this but a lot of women cannot cannot entertain a larger size male cannot they hurt it painful they don't enjoy it okay especially when they lose their virginity and even throughout unless she's had quite a few kids or unless she's really gone you know uh, a hole you know i mean you know she's gone like done uh, that's a different story but i'm talking about your average yeah your average woman good woman who marries and this and that they cannot cannot take something what people think what pornography shows is some huge you know this and that no they cannot Unless those women, really, those women in porn take it because they're used to taking it. Yeah, them and you know they really stretch themselves out. But a regular woman, mashallah, who's you know even if she has one, two partners, like she's married, maybe her husband passed away, she married again or whatever, divorced, had a few kids. Even after a few kids, finally, women again, Allah subhanahu wa taala has blessed them to to their their body adapts again. If they take care of themselves and so on, their body readjusts. You know, so a lot of women report pain and hurt and it's not pleasurable whatsoever, right? So guys need to get this thing out of their mind that, oh, I have to be this and that, or if I'm too small or this, you know, like, don't set, stop sending, you know, sizes and, you know, asking us to, to, to know what, I mean, what's your size and whether it's good or not, just be comfortable, be, you know, it's, it's really having the skill that's more important. All right, that that is then just to think about. You have to be like, you know, this huge size or whatever. Okay, but at the same time, obviously you cannot be a micro, you know, penis as you said. If that is the case, then a man has to go to the doctor and seek some professional help. And there are now some procedures that can help, inshallah, to to take care of that. Guys, do consult a physician. None of this is medical advice. Yes. We have a yeah, few minutes left. Do you want to wrap up the? The other fatwas pertaining to the backside? Okay, so when it comes to the anus, there is small, slight difference of opinion, whether you can stimulate it with your finger or with something. Okay, some people say you can touch it and stimulate it. And biologically speaking, there are a lot of nerve endings there that are very, very pleasurable for the woman. Hence, yes, a lot of non-Muslim women, they do engage in anal intercourse because they find it pleasurable. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, uh, you know, restricted that and did not allow that. I believe it's not correct. Uh, but as some of the scholars said that just touching it or touching it with something is permissible if it's just for pleasure and so on. And, you know, it's, it's but, but again, it can lead to, like if you're there and you're taking pleasure from that, you're kind of like, you know, playing with fire you know what i mean because mm -hmm. it's, it's very easy to, to yeah. slip yeah it's very easy to to slip there right so some some have said that you know just touching it just you know it's it's permissible as for inserting things in it i wouldn't i wouldn't again recommend okay. it because it would cause someone to i think fall and slip Fair. alhamdulillah one last uh thing for this episode um any rulings on menstrual Okay, so menstrual, uh, it is not permissible to have intercourse. Some have asked, what about if you have like a, 
a condom on or protection okay. is still not permissible. Okay. Um, however, you can stimulate the woman on top of her, you know, pants or panties or something like that. Just like touch the clitoris. And it's very pleasurable because a lot of moisture and a woman orgasms very easily when she's on her period. And uh, the Prophet used to uh, fondle and touch Aisha radiallahu anha when she was on her menstrual cycle. And she would be just wearing something like some kind of, you know, undergarment. And he would be intimate in that case. And other stuff as well is allowed. What's called like dry sex. You can rub and hump and all that. And even that, just even without penetrating, if let's say the penis is erect and the a woman is very, you know, obviously wet, but she's wearing something, just rubbing against each other can be very, very pleasurable because it usually touches the, the clitoral part and a woman can climax very, very easily. And then a man can also climax through oral sex or through, you know, a hand job or anything like that, or just humping from the back or something. You can hump the back and a man will still be able to climax. So uh, this is not correct in Islam. People believe that on when the you know, seven days I'm off, you know what I mean? Like there's no intimacy. No, because probably like the man and the woman kind of drift apart. You know, you have to be intimate. You have some of the religions like the Jews and they used to believe that it's very dirty. They would stay away from their wives. No, the Prophet was intimate with his wives and he was close to them. There was love and passion and, you know, an attachment even during the period, but no intercourse. And even if people try to rationalize, say, well, what if I'm wearing a condom? No, it's, it's very clear that just no mm -hmm. intercourse during this period. Alhamdulillah, that's pretty sufficient. One more last thing, intimacy during Ramadan. And I think that should be it for the fatwas. Okay, intimacy during Ramadan. Yes, after so Maghrib. Anho, you got any thoughts? I wanted to like say two things, but I'm going to let Gabriel finish because he's on a roll. Yeah, yeah. Intimacy during Ramadan, guys, it's permissible after Maghrib. Maghrib till Fajr, man. If you want to break your fast and then go, go till Fajr. You know, just make sure you eat a bit of food and whatever you want to do, man. You know, so it's as the Prophet said, as Allah says in Surah Baqarah, it has been made permissible to you the nights of the fasting. Okay. You are a clothing or a protection for them. They are a protection for you. You know, so Alhamdulillah, it's, it is encouraged. Some people think that, oh, it's going to take me away from my ibadah, from my worship. We are not better than the Prophet and the Sahaba. I keep repeating this. We need to break these stereotypes and these taboos that we somehow are going to go away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we're intimate with our wives because it's Ramadan. No, Allah is, that's why he, Allah made the morning to be fasted. So in the morning, no intercourse, no nothing. And then at night you can eat. Everything that's impermissible during the fasting is permissible at night. So, you know, it's all good. That should be it for me. Anu, you got like two-ish minutes. Any questions? Concerns? Yeah, I, I was just going to say that um, subhanAllah, like Allah has made it very easy for both the man and the woman. Because if a woman is in a marriage with a man who let's say he's um he, he doesn't have baraka in that department that's all right because the woman can actually perform exercises very simple exercises known as kegels if a woman performs kegels she will actually become tighter therefore um, even a male that's not of even average proportions will be more than enough for her. 
That's and a very good point. yeah, and for the male, look look how beautiful this is. And there are certain exercises, Kegels, that'll help you in terms of like being able to hold a uh, dry orgasm, which we didn't actually speak about, but that's all right. Next episode. Yeah, next episode, inshallah. But there are other exercises like joking, um, reverse joking, uh, clamping and stuff like that. Now, of, of course, everything has its risk, but then again... You know, you go walking outside, that has its risk. So it's like if, if a guy were to decide to do this, he would have to understand all the risks that are involved. But like there's been men that have gained like two inches, two and a half inches doing this. And it's all natural, mm. you know. So it, it, these are things to like take into consideration, knowing how like, look, Allah has blessed you with all that you have. And even if for some reason you are not content with what you have, Allah has now given you a way. Like, look, if you really want a little bit more or you want to change this little bit right here, here, I provided this for you. Now go ahead and get to work. That's right. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. Beautiful. Alhamdulillah. All right, guys. <clears throat> if you made it this far, comment, hashtag, please her. And clear the cash. Hmm? Clear the cash. Clear the cash. <laughs> clear the cash as well. Hashtag clear the cash. And please her. Now, next episode, we will be going more into the actual act itself. Marriage night, stuff like that, inshallah. Ta'ala. If there's inshallah. nothing else from you guys, then thank you all for watching. Jazakallah khair for tuning in. Until next time, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum.